0: Welcome back
1: to mm-hmm. Tough Men of Faith, RT. Hey, Nick. I'm still on the edge of my seat from last week. Howard's still here. Yeah. So I say we just jump right into it. Yeah, we just left him here. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> 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 yeah, Howard. Yeah, thanks, thanks for all having for me back. Us again. So we left Absolutely. off. You were talking about um, this that God was like starting to kind of move in your life, yes. or, or he'd been moving the entire time. You just didn't mm-hmm. know it yet. Yes. Um, but yeah. where you, you found yourself where your truck was wrecked, and you mm-hmm. said, Lord, if you're real I'll follow you or something like yep. that so yeah he real of...
2: I'll follow you for the rest of my life and he did I mean in his way I mean it wasn't that he came down and showed himself Say, here I am right he off. didn't do that but in his way cuz he knew my heart he knew me so mm-hmm. in his way he you know he just came and I knew that the gospel message that I heard was real yeah and I started preparing my life for that and and it's amazing that that once I yield my heart to him cuz guys I was I was strung out on drugs and alcohol yeah. and sex and you name it yeah. I mean, for generations. It ran five generations deep in my family, the alcoholism and the drug abuse. and I think and, I heard you and, say and it one time.
0: I think you, you called know? it the generational curse. Yes, and, and uh, exactly what it was. That line Generator. has stuck with me or yeah. that description um, has stuck with me for a long time. Yes. Probably since the first time I heard you say it. Yeah, and um,
2: there's men out there that's probably listening to this broadcast that, you know, you can look back at your generation and your dad and granddad and, in your family and say, Yes, that's the same thing that's happening in my family, yeah. generation after generation. I've seen a lot of suffering in my family when I look back on that, you know. Yep. And God for whatever reason chose to invite me to change that. And any man out there that if you're having that struggle, it's up to you. God is saying, Trust me to turn that around because what what He did for me was Uh, He blessed me in that when I I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and that was in 1984, and I started seeking him with my whole heart. I mean, I I had to cut family off in order to follow him. Being an only child, that was kind of easy in that respect, but... I was really close with my family, so I had to stop going around to a lot of the function because there was alcohol and drugs there. There mm-hmm. just was. So, you know, I had to be a loner in a lot of areas. I went to church with my mother. You know, she went to a small Baptist church. So I went to church with her, but as I was learning the things of, of God and faith and, and the Bible, you know, of course I started growing and then it just went from there. So in nineteen eighty seven, three years later, I met a young lady and we we married and we had two children. She was uh she was a pianist and a choir director and God just just brought us together and we married and just started living the faith. So as I'm growing, and, and then when I started realizing what God has saved me out of, he gave me a heart and passion for men. Because once I learned and and seen God's pattern for the male seed, as I called it, I'm like, I saw the devastation and just how, I see how a, a, a man who doesn't know that if he drops the ball, it goes deep you know, yeah. for generations. And we see that even in the Bible, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the Bible's full of that, you know, and I said, God, I want to turn this around. And so um, I said, just use me there. And so I just started learning and reading and studying about men's ministry. So I want to know how to rightly divide the word. I, I enrolled in Bible college. Um, it was Crossroads Bible college, which turned into, uh, no, it was Bible college, Baptist Bible college of Indianapolis to Crossroads Bible College and, and even though I was I was learning how to be a man of God, learning how to be a biblical father, I had to learn all those things as I was going taking a class here and there. It took me twenty years to graduate from Bible college because I knew family was first. So there was there were times when I could only take a, a class or two, you know, yeah. over the course of the years. But life wasn't easy. I mean, God, you know, he, he brought me through there. Um, you know, I had, I wanted my children to have a Christian education. So after a few years, God put it on my heart. If you really want that, then there's a sacrifice that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. So I resigned. I had 22 years with the federal government. Guys, I was supposed to retire from there and live happily ever after yeah. yep. with that government check. But God said, nope. That's not what's going to happen. If you really want what I have, I resigned from from there and went to work at Heritage Christian School, and that's where my kids went to school. I wanted them to be to grow up in the in the faith in a Christian community because I'm a first generation Christian, and that's what he put it on put on my heart to do. There hadn't been, you know, a Bellamy. Um, that I knew of that went straight from high school to college, and my son was the first that I know of hmm. to, to to do that. You know, so he was breaking all type of generational curses and issues. It's funny, it's you like, know, just just for me being obedient. It's like getting rid
0: of the generational curse and yeah. making it more of a generational blessing. Yes,
2: and uh, exactly. you know exactly right before my eyes. And, yeah. and those things. But you know, life doesn't come without controversy and. And God showing you who he is and, you know, it just it, it's just life. So after 20, my wife and I celebrated our 20th anniversary. I mean, we was in ministry. Again, she was a choir director. I was her, you know, I was her drummer and we, we did praise and worship. And I'm going to Bible college. I'm calling to the ministry. I'm, I'm starting to teach and preach, you know, somewhat as God opens the door. And then one time we were riding and she started having this little cough and it just kept progressing and getting worse and worse and we found out she had a biopsy and she was in fourth stage of lung cancer. Oh. And so, you know, that set us back. So all the time I'm I'm believing, you know, God he's gonna heal he's gonna heal her. And, you know, we did all the things that the Bible said do we, you know, I took it to the elders, we prayed, we, you know, anointed with oil and, and did all the all the things that he's said to do in his word. And I had well-meaning Christians, you know, that come, oh, she's going to be healed. And they were doing their prophecy and you got to know what the word of God says and, and trust God in what he does, but he didn't heal her. She died. She died in that, you know, of course with me that, you know, that made me sit back and think, you know, I blame it on myself. You know, God, what did I do wrong? But I knew in my heart it wasn't because of sin, you know, that I I came to the conclusion that when she, and that's with all of us, when we give our life to God, we belong to him. You know, as, as the Bible says in Hebrews, there's a time that's appointed for us to die. And, you know, and he loved her more than I ever could. And death is not punishment for the believer. Right. You know, there's more scripture that talks about how how angels in heaven rejoices, how God rejoices in the, at the death of his saints. you know. So I had to remember all that stuff and just, you know, and just be counseled through that and, and get a hold to some men that could help me work through that because my yeah. first reaction was to get mad at God. Yeah. And, and I did. And I said, God, I'm done. Yeah, you hard know? thing to
0: remember when it's you by yourself.
2: Yeah, God, I'm done. If easy, this is the thanks I get, get for serving you, then I'm done. Yeah, know?
0: easier when you get surrounded by wise counsel.
2: Yeah, you know? you're right. Yeah, and then those quiet times and the enemies coming at you and say, ah, see, is that the God you serve? You know, right. you're spending this time, you're doing all this stuff, and, you know, but then the word of God has to be there. You know, that's why it's so important, men, you know, you men that are, that are listening and hearing this, you know, life is not easy. And the name of this podcast is Tough Men of Faith. And that's who we are. Yeah. You know, we gotta be tough and we gotta act like men. Corinthians, Paul said, act like men, godly men and that's who we are. Yep. You know, so that so exactly that's that's what I did. I I gave it all to God and and just kept pushing through, kept pushing through. God you got to speak to me, speak to me. And and it's amazing. So you know, we think as men that God will come and pamper us and say, "Oh, son, you'll be all right." Yeah. But but what <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got <laughs> what I got from him was was the same. It was like that Peter, you know, what he did with Peter, you know, after uh, when they were on the shore and 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 Jesus had to fish there and and he got Peter. Oh, he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, You know, I do, Lord. Yeah. You know, and and it seemed like that's what God was saying to me, Howard. Do you love me? And it's like God, you know, I do. You know, and He said, Just do what I called you to do. Yeah. Period. Point blank. That was it. Just do what I called you to do. I got this. And so that's what I did. You know, I, I, I resigned from my job, went out as a missionary, uh, went to school, finished my, my pastoral degree, and he opened up the door for me to pastor and, and went through went through that and lived life. And, and you know, seven years later, you know, saw you know, my kids and, and there was other issues in there. I mean, you know, my, my two children, uh, my three children, you know, they had their grief and so... You know, my daughter, as a teenager uh, in the Christian school, she—the night we buried mom, she went out and gave her virginity away and got pregnant, and and you know, none of this stuff is supposed to happen, but it was in God's will. You know, my first grandson was born in my home, and and we we worked through that. And in my grief, I started having atrial fib, and. I had to have heart surgery. And, and so I'm thinking, God's trying to take me yeah. out. Why, you know, yeah. why is all this going on? And it was just one of those things. And, you know, he just said, just, you know, just keep living Just You know, I've got this. I've got this. And I learned so much through him. And so being a tough man of faith. And, you know, there's a saying that says, God can't use a man unless he wounds him deeply. And when we look at the men in the Bible, that's what we see. Yeah. There's not a man in there that, that was unscathed from you know God using him. Look at the the saints in in Hebrews 11. You know they went through. Some of them were sawn in two and yeah. you know wrapped yeah. up in animal skins and they were tortured and and even today um my wife and I just came back from from Kenya and in a missions conference and we had we were we were around a couple hundred missionaries from all over the Arab world. Some told us that there's so much persecution going on. There were some that said our neighbors are flying ISIS flags. That's how deep and entrenched they are. Wow. Some, their their families can't even know where they are, you know, because they're behind the behind the lines. And those are the, the warriors that God has out there, this men of faith that have given their lives for that. And that's where we're headed. You know, so God blessed me. I, you know, I remarried after seven years. He blessed me uh, again. You know, it's kind of the Job thing. Remember Job lost everything and God restored it, you know, restored Mm -hmm. him. And so my wife and I have a, definitely have a heart for missions. Um, My passion is still for, for men, for the male seed. And, you know, God has opened up doors not only am I, you know, open the doors to teach um, at a cr- Christian school here, and you know, I've got young men that I'm able to share faith with, to live life with, uh, as, as well as young ladies as well, to to show them and teach them what a real man is supposed to look like. You know, they're coming out of homes where you know their dads are having issues with alcoholism and being faithful and and things like that, and God's opened the door for me to. I'm an ordained uh, chaplain now with workforce chaplains and, and able to, I'm the head chaplain at Wheeler mission. So I'm there a lot, you know, this living life with men that yeah. homeless men. And, and that's my passion. That's where God has. That's well, pretty me awesome that, that you lived door. it
0: and now you can go out and you can teach, you can mm-hmm. teach at a school to young kids. Yeah. You can go and teach at the mission yeah. to men that are living it. I mean, currently yeah. living it and, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome that you you know you come with a lot of experience. Um, yeah,
2: and we're talking men with master's degrees and doctorates yeah. that are out on the streets yep. that you know that that had it all according to the world's definition yeah. of what success looks. like. We had another like. guest on
0: um, last year, and uh, he had kind of said the same thing. He said, you know, mm-hmm. they're not bombs. Um, right. No, nope. he said they're they're homeless people, and yeah. he said. People have gotten themselves into a certain position or a certain situation, and they just couldn't dig themselves back out of it, and this is just where they've ended up. You know, some of them just need a leg up, some of them just need a hand. And uh, he said that's kind of why he's so passionate about, you know, working with wheelers because he's able to help people and give them a a leg up and a hand, and you know, just trying to trying to get them back on their feet.
2: Yeah, that and what I see is a lot of men just need to obey. What a lot of them know the gospel message. A lot of them have been in church. You know, a lot of them know, but they they've just been disobedient. Yeah, and so God is trying, just like me. You know, God is trying to get their attention. This is me. You know, I don't want you to have the worldly wealth. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. But when you've had it, was well, just like me. I'm I'm a Galatians 2:20 guy. You know, that's that's my life verse. That I am crucified with Christ. My life doesn't belong to Howard Bellamy anymore. It it did at one time. I took hold of that but i know what i'll do with it i've already shown that so if i give it to him god you lead you guide me and that's why i get up early every morning i seek him you you guide this day because i know what i'll do it's like you
0: i think you just said a minute ago be obedient and god will restore you
2: yeah you know he will he's all about the being obedient part absolutely because you know it goes it goes back to purpose and with my students That's what I want. That's the whole thing with men. Even you know, teaching men. Do you know your purpose? Only God knows why you're here. It's no coincidence that we're here in 2023, because all of us could be gone. I know I could hundreds, thousands of times. I should have, brothers. Let me tell you. I know that I'm living on borrowed time. There's no Mm. way. You know, my wife died of lung cancer and had no risk factors. Never touched tobacco. I've smoked everything under the sun. Started at a young age, yeah. you know, not only tobacco, but like we was talking earlier, yeah. I was one of the guys. If I could, if I could catch it on fire and put it between some zigzags or some tops, it was getting smoked. Yeah, that's how I live. you know. But God, in His mercy and grace, I'm still here at 67, and I know it's not my mm-hmm. time; it's His. Right. Yeah. That's why I can sell out and go. Go on the mission field. You know, just I was just diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yeah. But that's not going to stop anything. You know, I'm, I'm talking to my oncologist and we're going to get this taken care of. And my wife and I are going to sell out and we're going to we're going to do short term missions. We're going to go to the Arab world, wherever God sends us to yeah. to preach and teach and encourage missionaries, then we're gonna come we're gonna come back home to America and we're gonna do it here. So we can do both and Yeah. You know, and we learned that in Kenya. Yeah. Just encouraging missionaries and just living that life.
1: Well, I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Like it's I've enjoyed hearing it. I've heard it before, yeah. but man, it's it's good to hear and I know yeah. our listeners will enjoy it. Um I thought next maybe I could, could ask ask you some questions sure. um, this about do. your life and <clears throat> maybe some things we can learn. For, some of it's just more practical. So like you alluded to this earlier and we we're talking before we jumped on here, but like what does your morning routine look like
2: for you? Okay. Um, my morning routine, I, my my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out once you guys get old, sometimes you just don't sleep. But <laughs> I think a lot of it is the Lord. So so I get up at 4 a.m. I'm, I'm a coffee guy. So I make I have cold coffee. So I get up, I go to the refrigerator, I I Mm -hmm. grab a bottle of water and a bottle of a jar of cold coffee that I've already made. And I go, I sit in my chair and I sit there and I, the first thing I say is I sit there and I say, I say, good morning, father. Good morning, my Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That's how I open up every Mm -hmm. morning, you know, and then I, then I have a prayer list, and I'll start. I'll start down the line just praying, and you know, as I'm waking up, and um, I start my prayer list. And after a while, I'll I may you know I'll drink some water, and then start sipping on my cold coffee mm-hmm. to help help the process yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and so, and then I have two devotions. I I love uh, my most Forest highest oh, Oswald yeah, yeah. Chambers. That's a good one. So I, I do that and then I'm, it depends on where I'm reading in the Bible. Right now I'm in the book of John and mm-hmm. I always read Proverbs book of John or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'll do that and pray through that till about five, five 30. Uh, then I'll get up and jump in the shower. And then I go into the kitchen. Then I make, I grind. I'm a. I get a coffee snob, mm-hmm. so I grind fresh. I, I fresh press every morning.
1: Yeah, I grind mine every morning to have yeah, a pour over. Yeah, yeah, it's the only way pour, to go. Nick yeah. actually bought. Nick's not even a coffee guy, but he bought me a pour over. Um, <laughs> okay. And got me into it a couple of years. Yeah, ago. I
2: had one. My wife keeps breaking it though. But anyway, yeah, well, you it's know. just
1: like once you've once you've had like that pour over coffee, thing yeah. like you can't do that K cup or.
2: Yeah. No, I'm a French press guy. Yeah. I French press
1: every morning. Yeah. So you're, even a, yeah. you're a step yeah. up from me. On yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So I do that. And then I, you know, I turn on the news and, mm-hmm. and see that gives you that, that definitely adds to your prayer. Yeah. It less. makes you want to pray more. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah, it does. You know. And so then, um, you know, around 630, I'm heading out the door, heading to for the, that day's adventure.
1: Yeah. You know? The reason I asked about that seems like you're a very disciplined person.
2: Like, finally, finally. I'm, getting, I'm getting
1: there. Well, that's my next question. So, like, how? So, a lot of guys struggle with that, but I, I mm-hmm. see a lot of your successes because you're just very. It seems like very disciplined in the mornings. So you're going to get up yeah. every morning and pray. What? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of discipline or how you got there in your life?
2: Started setting the alarm and this praying. I prayed it through actually because God, this is what I want to do. I want, and and I'm, I'm sure you know us here and a lot of guys that are listening. That's your prayer, God. I want more of you. I want more of you. And he's going to show you because I mean, there's guys who work nights, who work mm-hmm. different shifts. But you, when you find out what works best for you, set your alarms, do what you have to do because you have to realize that we have an enemy that is doing everything in his power not to try to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. Especially men, guys, do you do we realize how much power that we have? Look at your, look at your family. I've seen and know. That a man in my family dropped a ball, and five generations were affected by that. And the enemy wants that to to continue, but God is trying to pull us out of it. So if you hear God's voice telling you this is what you have to do, and it's not going to be easy, it's a it's a warfare. Look at Ephesians six ten. He tells us where our fight, where the warfare is, and it's not against one another. My warfare back in, in my early days was against, you know, a, a man with a different skin color for me. That's what I was taught my war, my enemy was. But the Bible tells us that our enemy is principalities and powers and rulers, you know, in the spirit realm. That's where our enemy is. And it also tells us what we have to do in to combat that, combat them. And him, our enemy, to get the victory that God has for us is putting on the armor of God. So study that and see what that what that means. Set that alarm clock. Get up no matter what it has. You got to fight through this thing because you have the power to change generations. And that's what God is looking for. In these last days, he's looking for men. just like mantra for, for the Marines was looking for a few good men. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for a man that's after his heart that will sacrifice and are not afraid to do the tough stuff. Here we are, tough men of faith. That's who we are. And we're not we're not the little, I don't know if I can say it, but I will. We're not the little sissified uh, men that the world is trying to get us to be. We are tough. We're masculine. We're men. And that's who we're supposed to be. The men of the Bible Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all, they were tough men. Yeah. They were. And that's, that's we can't be uh, and get a hold of that. But yeah. Yeah. So so that routine, yeah. get that down and stick to it. Fight with it because that's God telling you to do it. If you had one minute to mm-hmm. speak to like
1: our average listener, so young yeah. Christian guy, yeah. what advice would you give him?
2: My advice would be, first of all, know that you have an enemy. Is trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. He wants to take you out because he knows the greatness that's in you. He knows your purpose as a man of God would change generations, would change everything for God's glory. And that's what he doesn't want. He wants you, just like, just like Adam, he wants you to disobey. He wants you to bite the fruit and disobey God. And that's what you have to eliminate. You do everything in your power. you know, get into the Word of God and whatever it is that's hindering you. You know right now what it is if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's if it's women or all of that, or whatever it is, maybe none of that. It may be uh, same sex attraction or whatever the world is doing in your life, you've got to fight that. Ephesians the sixth chapter is where you sh- should start, knowing who the, who your enemy is and what the warfare is. And it gives you the solution to the problem right there. Yeah. This has been really good. Yeah. Um,
1: one of the things we do at the end of our uh, guests is we have a lightning round with three fun questions. Okay. Or maybe not fun. <laughs> I think they're pretty fun. We, we think they're fun. Yeah. Okay. So, and they have some caveats. The first one is, what is your favorite book? And you can't say the Bible. Okay. So we know that most of our listeners would like the Bible.
0: So your favorite book mm. that you've read. See, this is where I take notes because I'm not a big
2: reader, I
1: know.
0: but I really like oh, you I and your know. story. If you got a favorite yeah. book, I might just like it too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or you can say your favorite book of the Bible if you want to do that. Like something you say, guys, should read this.
2: I he, think he you should read Ephesians it's, 6. Ephesians 6, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, a book that I just got that we're, t- we're doing it in our men's group is How Not to Read Your Bible by a gentleman by the name of Campbell. I think okay. his name is Kimball. So how, not yeah, how not to read a Bible. Yes. Okay.
1: Our next question is, if you could go back in history uh-huh. and meet one person, mm. not Jesus, right, but someone else besides <laughs> Jesus, you could go back in history meet, because you've already met him. Who would you want to meet and why?
2: I think I would probably want to meet Solomon. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would. The wisest man. Yep. The wisest yep. man. Because it intrigues me. I, I'm in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes a lot, yeah. and, and Solomon is... He's like what we're trying to do, you know. He he had the riches, he had all the stuff, and I know the Bible tells us that the women turned his heart against God, and you know I just want to talk. I would like to talk to him and say, so exactly where did that tug? You know that because that's tough. That's where I see a lot of men, mm-hmm. a lot of men fall. Yeah. You know, that's good. yeah, because he had he had God gave him all the knowledge. And, and that would be a question too. If God came to you and me and said, Name whatever you want, I'll give you whatever you want, what would you ask for? Yeah.
1: I don't know if I'd ask for wisdom, but that was the right thing to ask for, it was. right? It was. Nick hey, would ask it, for the lottery numbers for next week.
0: So I could buy wisdom. <laughs> so you could buy, yeah, yeah. buy wisdom.
1: Buy a new podcast studio, right?
0: All right, Nick, you got the third question? Yeah. You ready? Right. This is my favorite one. Okay. If anybody was to play you, in a movie, who would they be?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If anybody was to play me yep. in a Yep, so what movie. actor would best, if you had someone had to play you in a movie, what actor would you say, I want him to play me? Have you ever answered this, Nick? No. Uh,
0: no, I don't think I have. Okay. Do you know who, who would play you? I don't. I'll
2: think about it. I, I would say probably Denzel Washington. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big movie guy. Yeah. You know, but as I think, that's a good question. Yeah. Because Denzel is, you know... He plays pretty serious roles, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've seen him in a lot of good movies.
0: He's kind of got the powerful and soft thing going
2: on at the same time. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, From the book of Eli and Training Day, he can be tough and hard and go through. He knows how to die well. (laughs) 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 He knows how to die well. So, yeah. yeah.
1: This has been good. Anything that we didn't ask you that's like advice you'd want to give to guys Mm. or any questions that you thought? Be, the last. Yeah,
2: be tough men of faith. Be tough men of faith. Yeah, yeah. be tough men. And accountability—that's I, I, a big one for men. You know, yeah. don't believe the hype of know what being a man is really about. You know, it's not—it's yeah. not the ramble we were taught that. You know, you being in even in Vietnam, we were taught go in and kill them all and let God sort them out. You yeah. know, and and be that tough man. That's not because those of you that are married, we're told the Bible tells us. To love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Being a servant, that's what we as men are supposed to do, but that's not what we're told. We're told we're supposed to be waited on, not to wait on others and love our wives and our children and sacrifice for them.
1: Yeah, that's about six other episodes you brought yeah. up there. So we're going to have to get yeah. you back on here <laughs> okay. time to talk about accountability, being a husband yeah. and a father. Yeah. And... You can't go to Kenya yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. hey, we're maybe we can a... travel over to Kenya. Yeah, there do you the podcast there we go. There right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Howard. Yeah. This has been really Anytime. good. Anytime. Yes. Love yep. It. Appreciate you guys listening to this and make sure to uh, share it with some guys you think it may be uh, it's beneficial for them to hear yes. Howard's story. So yeah. see you guys next week. Thanks. Amen. Cheers.